0: If you'd like to watch our live stream services or learn more about our congregation, I invite you to visit us at centralsynagogue.org. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon. Long before there was J-Date, or classified ads, or even Yentas, matchmakers, when our people wanted to find love, they went to the well. The Be'er, which is the ancient watering hole, was the place to see and be seen. In this week's Torah portion, Chaye Sarah, when Abraham's servant, Eliezer, is tasked with finding a wife for Isaac, he goes straight to the well, and there he meets Rebekah who is kind enough not only to draw water for him, but all of his camels as well. And in future years, Isaac's son, Jacob, also meets his wife, Rebecca, at, the, at Rachel, at the well. And Moses meets his wife, Sipporah, there. The well was literally the source of life's renewal in every way. Now, in a Torah portion that begins with Sarah's death, and ends with Abraham's death the well figures prominently in our ancestors healing amidst all the grieving as Isaac marries Rebekah from the well and the parsha ends with them settling in a place called Be'er which means well lachai of life ro'i i see or in other words Be'er Lachai Ro'i is the well of the vision of life On October, after October 7th, it was impossible for me to read this Torah portion, Chayei Sarah, and not think of Be'eri, the kibbutz named My Well, just a few kilometers from the Gaza border, one of the first and hardest hit, whose wells filled with blood on that day and became an unimaginable vision of death. Last week, I went to Israel with a group of New York rabbis on a UJA mission to offer support, to bear witness, to bring back stories. We visited with survivors of kibbutz be'eri who have been evacuated to a hotel in the Dead Sea area. This sleepy tourist town, which only had about 1,000 residents, has turned almost overnight into a temporary city of refuge for 15,000 evacuees from southern kibbutzim. When we walked into the lobby of the hotel, which houses 900 Be'eri survivors, you first notice a table filled with candles. It's a makeshift altar to the 108 members of the kibbutz who were killed on that one day. Then you see a wall filled with pictures from babies to grandmothers of the 30 Be'eri members held in captivity in Gaza. We heard unimaginable stories from people who watched the slaughter of their own family members and neighbors before their eyes, who survived that day by hiding in safe rooms and holding the door handle for 10 hours while hearing guns and grenades surrounding them, certain that the IDF was about to come, but they didn't come. They fled their homes with nothing, no clothes, not even a toothbrush, 200,000 Israelis are now refugees in their own country for over a month. But amidst this tragedy, you saw amazing resilience, generosity, and gratitude for the thousands of volunteers who have come around the clock to this makeshift refugee city to help social workers, trauma specialists, yoga teachers, massage therapists, all offering their services daily to the thousands who were there. A master educator moved to the Dead Sea from Jerusalem, leaving his family with three children to set up 17 makeshift schools, one for each kibbutz, run by the best principals in the country who have come down to volunteer and run them. In Jerusalem, which has 35,000 evacuees, and a lot, which has 60,000 evacuees, there is a similar core of volunteering and donating and cooking and babysitting and laundry, all organized from these situation rooms, Hamals, run with the efficiency of a wartime effort. The selflessness of Israeli's civil society's response has been astounding and truly inspiring. We went to Har Herzl, which is the military cemetery, to attend the funeral of Lavi Lipschitz, one of the first soldiers to fall in Gaza. A thousand people were there, many of them people like us who did not know the soldier, but attended the funeral as a way of honoring the dead. I couldn't see the family from the distance I was from the burial spot, but I could hear their broken voices recite Kaddish. And when the skies opened up with a thunderstorm like I had never experienced before, it was as if the angels themselves could not contain their tears. We visited the home of Doron Parrots in a yeshuv outside Jerusalem. Doron's son, Yonatan, is a soldier. He was shot in the leg on October 7th. His second son was commanding a tank and taken hostage. Now, Yonatan was set to be married a week after this attack happened, and the family was torn about how they could possibly go forward with celebrating his wedding when their other son was in captivity. But knowing that there was no stronger defiance of our enemies than to create new families, they proceeded with the wedding. They created a vision of life. We sat with Daron and his son and daughter, In a circle in his yard, Yonatan, this handsome newlywed, dressed in an army uniform with a gun on his back, about to go back to his base. His father explained that Yonatan is actually exempt from serving now because their other son is held in captivity, and the IDF does not want to add that emotional strain to any family. Through tears, Daron explained proudly, my son came to me and asked me to sign the waiver to override the exemption and I said to him I didn't want him to go and my son said to me you're speaking like a father but this is the son you raised me to be I need to go and protect our country. The sense of gratitude for our visit was overwhelming it, as if This sense of connection between our communities has never felt stronger. I visited with a friend who is an Israeli rabbi whose reserve duty is as a casualty informer. He has the excruciating and sacred task of having to knock on the door to tell a family that a loved one has died. He has not been sleeping in the last four weeks. He turned to me and he said, I couldn't imagine myself flying anywhere during a war, except home. Thanks for showing and reminding me that this is your home too. He sent me home with a jar of Israeli honey, inscribed with al kol Ela, so that I would remember the sweet, along with the bitter, of that trip. It's hard to describe the grief, which hangs like a curtain over everything, and yet also the incredible acts of moral beauty that springs forth with such urgency from all the Israelis we met, exceptional acts of selflessness and generosity and kindness and unity, it filled my eyes to overflowing with tears over and over. Like the story of Jack and Noam, who I sat with in their apartment they had two family members who were massacred on October 7th, and they have three family members who are held in captivity, two of them teenagers. Noam introduced me to her eight-year-old daughter who was running around a little oblivious to what we were talking about. And he said, she said, That is my daughter, Be'eri. And I raised my eyebrows. As if, wow, that seems like a kind of complicated name for her to have right now. And Noam smiled ruefully, saying, actually, she could not be more proud. And she told me that since October 7th, five babies born in Israel have been given the name (laughs) Be'eri. Is there anything that captures better the spiritual defiance of Israelis more than that? That they would give newborns right now the name of a place that suffered unfathomable loss and reclaim the life-giving meaning of Be'eri, my wellspring, which has sustained our people from ancient days. Our parsha this week, Chayei Sarah, literally means the life of Sarah, but it ironically begins with her death and ends with death. We could understand how Isaac, during this Torah portion, could just have gotten lost in his grief and his mourning, but instead he marries. He settles by a well, a source of life and renewal. This is what it means for Jews to choose life, not when it's easy, but when it feels impossible to do. The Jewish people will find their be'er l'chai ro'i, their wellspring of the vision of life. Thank you for listening to this edition of Central Synagogue's podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you're in the loop on future episodes. And please follow us on social media or watch our live stream at centralsynagogue.org, our Facebook page, or on national cable at the Jewish Broadcasting Service. Thanks again for joining us elo he no deixado